You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And today we will be covering The Magic Treehouse, book number 17, Tonight on the Titanic, by Mary Pope Osborne. So cuties, before we even get into the book, God bless you, because whenever we have weeks where God tries to prevent us from recording, there's usually a reason, and the episodes are quite chaotic. So I apologize in advance, because first, Chelsea's daughter's school flooded, (laughs) and then my power went out because of a storm, so today is our third try trying to record, so... Good luck. Yeah, and I couldn't help but notice from your background that you are aboard the Titanic I this am, evening. Yes. This podcast is also an unsinkable ship. What could go wrong? <laughs> and I still have COVID. Not really. I'm testing negative. I don't have a runny nose. I don't have a cough. All that stuff is gone. But my breathing is very clearly, <laughs> what's the word? You know. Labored? Yeah, but not even that hard of a word. Just like, oh, affected. (laughs) There it is. There's that word. I was going to say pug adjacent because I don't want to blow up your spot. And I am certainly not one to cast stones. I myself live in a glass house. Last episode, I literally sounded like this. (laughs) Like my nose was so stuffed up. I was simultaneously Fran Drescher and also like Chucky Finster was the combination, but I will say that on the track that you submitted, the breathing was a bit pug adjacent. Yeah. Or the guy that stands behind Helga Mm. on Hey Arnold, like the... (laughs) (laughs) Well, get ready for more of that again, because on the backup track, I'm looking at it, and it is showing background noise the entire time I'm not speaking. So I either have a ghost or I'm breathing heavy. So thanks for tuning in, cuties. Just a wonderful introduction to this episode. Oh, also, I'm on day one of my period, so everything's making me angry. So I can't wait to see the ways in which the Titanic makes me a raging bitch. Oh, I'm excited. Because to the best of my knowledge, you never get mad at me. And if you do, you button it very well. So I like when you're a bitch. Honestly, that is, I think, the magic of our relationship. We really do fight constantly but it's like play fighting and truly I mean knock on wood but I don't think I've ever been angry with you and I think that's why we work so well because we do take our aggression out on each other all the time (laughs) so there's no time for it to build up ever right we're just like you heavy breathing bald (laughs) bitch Yeah. So let's get into the book. (laughs) So the book was published March 23rd, Donnie Appreciation Week, 1999. (laughs) 8mm was top of the box office. I was 13 years old. (laughs) Saving Private Ryan, Patch Adams, and the Prince of Egypt were all also at the top of the box office. Believe by Cher was the number one song. Closer, starring Natasha Richardson, opened on Broadway, which would later be turned into a movie with Natalie Portman and Julia Roberts. Olympic gold medalist Tara Lipinski was signed to Nickelodeon Game and Sports as a special host, and Paraguay's vice president was assassinated. Fun. Yeah, a lot of big things. Mm -hmm. So, Chelsea, really, I picked this book because we can't cover movies right now, and I can't believe, to this day, you have not seen Titanic. That disgusts me, actually. I just can't wrap my head around watching that many minutes of... I think that wizard movie you like is just as long. Harry Potter? Yeah. (laughs) That wizard movie. (laughs) That celebration of transphobia. Uh Uh-huh. That one. No. It's not like three hours. They feel long. Shut up. You went out of your way to drag Harry Potter. When I think of long movies, I think of like Titanic, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. Yeah. Maybe it's just I enjoy Harry Potter. So Well, you don't know if you enjoy Titanic. But I will say, when it was on VHS, I would only watch the second VHS because that was right after they crashed. So, like, you just watch an hour and a half of people running from death. So similar to that inkblot test that psychiatrists show you of, like, look at this blob (laughs) and tell me what you see. I think that asking the question, (laughs) if you had to choose one side of the VHS 
to watch again and again and again. I think that tells you a lot about the person. So the <laughs> fact that you chose murder, death, chaos, disaster, really just sums up everything we need to know about yeah, you. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? So since you never saw the movie, I can only assume you had no interest in the Titanic like as a boat, as a child. I mean, I was familiar with the story of the unsinkable ship sailing out into the night, hitting the iceberg. No, but familiar is different from being obsessed. Like, I feel like millennials and Gen X will include them. No one else ever does. Shout out, Gen X. I feel like we were focused, hyper-focused even, on like one of three events or things, like historical things, Titanic being one of them. Can I try to guess the other two? Yeah. So... You said three events. If I was going to go like broader scale, I think I would include marine biology and Mount Everest. Ooh, okay. But if we're just going on historical incidents, I think you're right. I think the Titanic, I think uh, (laughs) I also am being swayed because we've talked about my dad's random hyper-focus topics that he like shoved down our throat. Perhaps you're familiar with the Battle of Gettysburg I've heard about it, yeah. So I don't know what was just a hyper-focus in my family or what was bigger. Okay, the Salem Witch Trials, and then I'm going to go with the Civil War. (sighs) Very close. Okay, what did you have? I said Salem Witch Trials and the Holocaust, so like World War II. Oh, yeah. In terms of like research and like getting books and I had a computer game and stuff, Titanic was my number one. But then like Salem Witch Trials and Holocaust were very, very close where I would like actually read about it and stuff. Mm -hmm. Whereas other things I was interested in but wouldn't research on my own time. Yeah. I also think that in the scope of what we learned about in history class, those were big topics. Like, I remember we read Anne Frank's Diary and Night, Mm. which so fucked up. I mean, imagine that was my hot take. Holocaust, so (laughs) fucked up. Did you ever see that Kirsten Dunst Holocaust movie? I don't think so. What was it I was obsessed. I think The Devil's Arithmetic. It was about like modern day. She was a Jewish girl, modern day. And I don't know what tradition they were doing for the holiday, but they were doing one where they hid something in the house. So she is going to find it. And when she opens her front door, she's transported to the Holocaust. Oh, Jesus Christ. We don't need to lion witch in the wardrobe uh, (laughs) genocide. No, but it was so good. Anyway, I asked our cuties what they thought the other two topics were. Someone said the Bermuda Triangle was obsessed. And then when I thought about the idea of Amelia Earhart, which is another submission, Amelia Earhart in the Bermuda Triangle, then that was like really a focus of mine. Did you get really into Atlantis and the idea of Atlantis? No, I wasn't an Atlantis girl. I was an Atlantis girly, and that was also wrapped up in the Bermuda Triangle. So the Bermuda Triangle lives up to its namesake because you get in there, and there are many vortex you can go down of rabbit holes and hyperfocus. Is there a magic treehouse for me to try and go back? Probably. It's going to have an alliteration, I'll tell oh, you that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Greek mythology. This is what made me rethink oh. my theory. Now I think there's four big categories, not three. Because I was also a Greek mythology boy. I was too. And my favorite teacher ever, Mr. Morris, seventh grade, he was obsessed with Greek mythology and he basically presented it of what it is, which is reality TV it's a drama Mm. and he would talk about like each Greek god and who was fighting with who who was fucking who like it was an amazing it's like what made me fall in love with English I always like to write and stuff before that but that class was like a game changer for me when I was learning about Greek mythology in seventh grade and again this episode's not about Greek mythology (laughs) my teacher had us write a Greek myth like we just got to make up characters as long as it had a moral whatever but I decided it would be a good idea to include the name of people in my class yeah exactly you're gasping because Greek mythology is about like murder and fucking people and all that. Doesn't Zeus have a baby that's like half cow because he can't stop fucking the local cow slut uh-huh. or whatever? <laughs> yeah. So like I did that. <laughs> this girl in my class, I made her an old hag. And was <laughs> it like any comedy where the truth was in the kernels? Like there was a reason why she was cast as the hag? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
And the girl that I made the hag is the girl who, in a previous episode, you've heard of the Secret Santa, where we had to make picture frames for each other. And I made her a picture frame of old twigs because I used to poke her with sticks. So I don't know if I've <laughs> men in blacked myself and I just don't remember that story, but I'm not going to ask follow up questions. Cuties, you can weigh in. Give us a five star review and let us know if he's told us the details of that story. If he hasn't, we can circle back. But I don't care to hear more of that today. Thank you. And you know what, Chelsea, since you brought it up, if today's episode makes you laugh or scream or if you just want to tell me if you've heard this twig story, do us a favor and leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. A five-star review is the easiest way to grow our audience and this community. And I will put a little star on this and like beg that you triple check that you are leaving five stars because we get a lot of really nice reviews that are like, I couldn't get through the week without you. I love you so much. And then is only one star attached. (laughs) So Spotify and Apple does not pay attention to what the words say, only how many stars we have. So if you love us, five stars would be wonderful. I do love the idea of it being the ultimate backhanded compliment where (laughs) they're telling us all the things we want to hear and being like, but fuck you, one star. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, if it's on purpose, I mean, do your own thing. Thank you all. We couldn't do this without you. Well, we could, but we would just be two weirdos screaming into the (laughs) void. And there are podcasts like that out there. We were at one point. So (laughs) thanks for listening. Thanks for validating our Delulus, as the kids are saying. Oh, my God. Since you said that, that didn't get on my nerves. But my family, I don't know where they got it from. I don't know who made it up in my family. But they all say it, and it boils my gears. They've been saying it for three years now. When I got COVID last week. My mom texts me and said, hey, bud, heard you got the Coco V. (laughs) What the fuck is that? It makes my skin boil alive. I think that's kind of iconic. Coco Coco V. V. No, you don't. I thought at first you were saying that your family invented Delulu because that's been all over Twitter. And I was like, you needed to trademark that. If they've been saying it for three years, Gen Z just caught on. (laughs) And Delulu doesn't make me cringe by any means, but it was in the same vein as Coco V and that. I can't do it. I understand. I feel the same way about the words hubby and when somebody calls their Starbucks Starbies, I want to Mm. stick their Starbies straw where the sun don't shine. Yeah. Give it a twist. No, I don't Starbies it. Mm -mm. That's disgusting. (laughs) So if you're listening and you say those things, don't. A little background information for the book. And to remind you, this is The Magic Treehouse we are covering. I know we went on many a tangent since. So The Magic Treehouse series has sold more than 134 million books since its debut in 1992 and has spent more than 132 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. Is this our first book we've covered that is not banned or wanting to be banned? Oh, I didn't see anything about it being banned, but with that many books, I'm sure one of them is for some reason like a civil war book or something Mm -hmm. now what character if any do you identify as i am a twofold once again i am a gemini two personalities although these two people do align i really resonated with teddy the dog number Mm. one because i do think that i like to show up unannounced and just make demands of people like oh, hi, I'm here now, and you're going to have to locate these four things around the house (laughs) while I sit under my weighted blanket and enjoy my programs. And then the other person I am, I feel, is Lady Blackwell, who just makes a very (sighs) brief little cameo where she instructs the lifeboat to come back up and retrieve her. And I just vibe with that. Yeah, I also said I'm Lady Blackwell. Not only does she do that, she makes the lifeboat come back up and retrieve her, but then the boat is So when a seven-year-old girl is like, here, take my place, she doesn't question it for a second. She sure does take that spot. She says, fuck them kids, and gets on that lifeboat immediately. Quote Destiny's Child and Reba, she's a survivor. (laughs) She is. My second person along the same veins as Teddy is Morgan Le Fay, who is Mm. the one that sends the kids on the missions because they have to get four things to like break this curse or whatever. So if this is the first thing she is making them do, they're only going to get harder from here. So these are the kind of games I would make my friends play. 
Yeah, because you are the real life human version of Jigsaw. You're like, you want to play a game? I am. <laughs> so we're a month away from the Poconos trip, and I already have my pile of things to pack. And I'll let you know the potato sacks are nowhere near the pile. Thank you. I'm not even going to try to bring See, them this year. See, cuties, that's what happens when you set a loving, healthy boundary with a friend. No potato sacks in my future. E- that. It's a little bit true. Like, (laughs) you also told me don't bring 13 Dead and Drive because we ended on a good note last time. I am bringing that. And if we don't play, we don't play. But I can only take so many bounds. But he will wake me up by standing over my bed, holding it, and saying, who wants to play (laughs) a game? I'll hold the game in one hand and a knife in the other and say we can play or act it out. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. Now, I will say the Morgan character you spoke of is a male wizard. No. That can't be true. I'm fairly certain. Let me Google Well, that's what I'm going to do, too. Morgan Le Fay. Oh, it's a girl. It is? Yeah. From King Arthur time. Oh, you're right. Enchantress. Wow. Man, bully (laughs) on me. That internalized misogyny gets you every time. Well, I don't know. She's a witch. It's not a good thing. It's a great thing. (laughs) She's sending these kids all over the world. They're learning shit. (laughs) That's true. In fact, let's help others learn. I'm going to give you the one minute synopsis of the book. Put the timer on. Here we go. Jack and Annie are in big trouble when the magic treehouse whisks them back to the decks of the Titanic. With the ill-fated ship about to sink, is there anything they can do to help? Will they be able to save anyone on board? Will they even be able to save themselves? Dramatic. So... While this book is a standalone book, it is the first book we've ever covered that is very clearly part of a bigger picture. Like even the other ones that were part of a series, Junie B. Jones, we don't need to know anything that happened before or after. Karen Brewer is Groundhog's Day every chapter two. Whereas this, we had a prologue Mm -hmm. that informed us of like, you need to know what's happening here. We're not just being dropped off in a treehouse. They told us that the brother-sister duo of Jack and Annie discovered an old treehouse belonging to the woman, Morgan Le Fay, of King Arthur fame. And the treehouse is full of books that can transport them to any scene shown in one of the illustrations. So naturally, the kids have spent the first 16 books going back to scenes of great danger. And the book is like, in book one, three, four, Morgan helps them do this. In books five through eight, then they get stuck in King Arthur times, whatever. But now it even like gives you a little warning and like starting in book 18 they're gonna have to break a curse in a four episode arc Mm -hmm. so like we are going places yeah and i remember like at the scholastic book fair the books used to be marketed like they would come in a box set of four and it would be like a little (gasps) mini story yeah like a little mini story arc which i think is very clever it is so with the prologue out of the way seven-year-old annie wakes up her eight-year-old brother jack in the middle of the night during a thunderstorm to tell him the treehouse is calling (laughs) the only thing that would be calling in this instance is me calling her a stupid bitch (laughs) before i tell her to go to sleep But Jack follows her into the woods. Disgusting behavior. Idiot behavior. (laughs) I don't know at what age I became so anti-rain because I used to go camping with like my aunt and uncle. So I'm sure we were like intense when it was raining and stuff. But now, even if I see there's like a 1% chance it's going to drizzle later, I'll cancel any plans, whether those plans are indoor or outdoor. Yeah. Also, okay. I have thoughts on rain, but circling back really quick, we have met a lot of neglectful parents, Mm. but the fact that there is a full monsoon happening (laughs) and a seven-year-old and an eight-year-old can just wander outside into the woods to their treehouse, I'm concerned. Even without the monsoon, this was like at two o'clock in the morning and they went into the woods. At first I thought the treehouse was just in their backyard and already like you need to pick one. In the rain, in the backyard at 2 o'clock in the morning, or in the woods, not in the rain at 2 o'clock in the morning, which that one is not the one we should be picking. Mm -hmm. But in the rain, in the woods at 2 o'clock in the morning is nuts. Nuts. Yeah. Okay, back to the rain. Recently, (laughs) my family was in Ocean City, which, you know, ocean shitty for a reason. Is that what people call it? Mm Mm-hmm. 
I love it. I love it too, but it's a shithole. It is so trashy in like the best way. I had no idea. Have you ever been to Secrets? No, I always wanted oh, to. Oh, we'll go to Secrets when you come to visit. It's a staple. You have to experience it once. You have to be like brown out drunk at 2 p.m. sitting in that pee water with everybody else. Ugh. Gross. That will be a next summer thing. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so I took my six-year-old and four-year-old to Secrets. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. Although in the off-season, it is just a restaurant. But no, okay. I realized they had never been to the boardwalk. Who, your girls? Yeah, they had never been oh, to the okay. boardwalk because of like COVID times and we just had never yeah. made the oh, trek. Yeah. So it was going to be like a bad beach day, but was not scheduled to rain. It was just like overcast and kind of icky <laughs> out. We get there to the boardwalk. It immediately starts pouring. Uh. And we really shall I say, fit in with the locals, with the way that we looked leaving those t-shirt shops Mm. just with our ponchos and giant like (laughs) tie-dye sweatshirts. But one thing I forgot about Ocean City, and I guess it's just like every boardwalk, is you can't go more than 10 feet without one of those signs that tell you like, here are the t-shirts you can get in the shop pressed for you. They are just atrocious. Uh Dr. Bald's favorite shirt was, if it's got tits or tires, I can make her squeal. (laughs) (laughs) What does one say to that? Yeehaw. I don't know. (laughs) If it's got tits or tires, I can make her squeal. It doesn't even make sense. No. I mean, it kind of does, but why not ride it? Why wouldn't we go that angle? Ah! What? Alexa's talking to me now, and I did not say that name. Alexa, be quiet. Alexa, living room lights on. Alexa, rate I am the cute one five stars. <laughs> I'm in a house of horrors. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have Enough. Alexa, be quiet. <laughs> Fuck you, Donnie. It's going to be Alexa. I'm so pissed. Whatever was in cars before, my mom had one when I was in high school. And I swear to God, and my mom heard it too. We don't know what it really said. Maybe it really did say this. But my mom was talking to it. And I swear to Christ to this day that it said, bitch, watch your tone. (laughs) And I say, oh. Oh my God, get out of this car. See? Was that the end of your boardwalk story? Uh, I don't think there's anywhere you can go after. If it's got tires or tits, I can make her squeal. <laughs> I want that shirt. I know. I want it in like a tall tee that I can wear as a dress. <laughs> <laughs> With just a belt. So the siblings find a dog in the treehouse. And because he resembles a teddy bear, they decide to name him Teddy. And I know they are seven and eight years old, but this is a basic ass name. Mm-hmm. And there is nothing I hate more in the world. That's not true. One of the things I hate the most in this world are basic pet names. Mm-hmm. I need you to be creative. I need wordplay. I love a human name for a dog. Mm. And my best friend, for the longest time, she wanted a French bulldog and she wanted to name it Waldo. So then if she lost it, she could be like, where's Waldo? And then I pointed out, so you're planning on losing your dog as like a <laughs> fun little party joke. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that the plan was to full-on lose him, not like if you were at a party, you know, and it was under the table, just full-on lose him. Yeah, and that's how she would always present it. (laughs) Several times I let her tell me this idea until I finally had to intervene, and I was like, so I don't think you're ready for a dog yet if part of the shtick is losing him. Yeah, no, I don't like that. Maybe Waldo can be adopted by another nice family. That knows where he is. You know, I'm big into pop culture. I always wanted to get a Sharpay and name it Tisdale, like Ashley Tisdale, who plays Sharpay. You've told me that before, and it doesn't get easier to stomach. Yes, it does. And I wanted to get a wolf dog. Like a husky? Yeah, and name it Lautner, like Taylor Lautner from Twilight. Because he's a wolf, get it? I hate you. But pets I've had in the past, I named my hamster Gus Gus from Cinderella. Mm-hmm. I named my turtle Paris Shelton. I named my iguana the Lizard of Oz. You've <laughs> said this exact sentence before. And the first time I heard it, I wanted to... <coughs> Ralph. Oh, Ralph was the name of the iguana that the murderer I lived with had. But I think I've told oh, wow. that story before. Probably. Probably when we talked about Ralph the Dick. No, ironically not. I think it was oh. our Lucy on the Ground episode where Ooh. we were talking about worst roommates and I talked about Ralph the Iguana who was owned by a man that literally committed murder later. So <laughs> go back to She's the Man for that tale. <laughs> but yeah, the first time you told that it made me want to Ralph and the second time you told it, it made me want to kill you. <laughs> so don't tell so it again. Maybe it's not time for you to have a podcast co-host. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
No names of animals you want to talk about? My dog's name is Lonnie, but it's short for Professor Trelawney from Harry Potter. Okay, a pop culture reference. I like it. We originally were going to call her Professor, but once her smarts started showing, <laughs> she wasn't a dog that was set out for higher education. Mm. So Lonnie it was. I want to know, though, about Teddy. What is the long game here? Because I've seen in TV shows and movies all the time about kids rescuing animals from the streets and bringing them in as a pet, but... I never experienced that in real life. I do think that is something your girls will do if they haven't done it yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have they? No, not in a way that disrupts the house. But there's been a lot of like <gasps> worms, bugs, oh, okay. like that type of thing where yeah. all of a sudden I'm like, why is there a cup with dirt in your room? Oh, that's my pet worm. How long has it been here? A couple of days, like that type of thing. Okay. But no big animals yet. But 100% that will be something. <laughs> they do my mom did that as a child so I think it's generational she stole her neighbor's dog (gasps) she didn't like that her neighbor kept her dog outside all day so one day she hatched a plan she knew that every day walking home from the bus stop no neighbor to be found she did her (laughs) research she scoped it out like she was an ocean's fucking eight she went in that fence she took that dog off the leash she brought it home she hid it in her closet for several hours before (gasps) my grandma came up and then my grandma had to have the conversation with her of like which do you think is a better life a life outside or a life in a girl's closet (laughs) much like harry potter she did have to Get that get out dog of the out closet. of the closet. Mm-hmm. Wow. There's a lot of Harry Potter references. <laughs> there are. And again, not the book we're covering. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what these kids planned on doing. Already you're sneaking out of the house at two o'clock in the morning. And now your parents are going to wake up with a dog in the house. Right. You're going to tell on yourself. Where did right. this dog come from? Exactly. Idiot. And again, they are only seven and eight, but still idiots. This is not about a dog, but it is loosely connected. So we're going to run with it. Mm -hmm. My uncle is an elementary school teacher. My favorite story he used to tell was about this kid that brought in something and was like, Mr. We'll just call him Mr. Like Ginny B. Jones. I'm not giving his last name. They're like, Mr. Mr. I have something I want to show. My uncle was like, well, when it's show and tell, you can show it. And then throughout the day, he's like, Mr. Mr. I have to show you. And he's like, well, it's not show and tell. Show and tell's at the end of the day. Fine, fine, fine. Then after lunch, he's like, Mr. Mr. I need to show you now because it's starting to smell. (gasps) I'm so glad you prefaced this with it's not a dog. No, no. I don't know how we connected dots in my brain, but we did. Uh So then my uncle opened this kid's book bag and it was (laughs) roadkill. (gasps) (laughs) What kind of roadkill? A raccoon. (gasps) You know he didn't wash his hands after collecting that dead raccoon, putting it in that backpack. And this was after lunch. So he probably didn't wash his hands before lunch either. He's like, Mr. Mr. I have something to show you. I have rabies. I want to show you my foaming mouth. (laughs) Isn't that so gross? That is. But that's the kind of stuff your girls are going to do. God, cancel clear. I can take alive animals, but my God. Okay, alive raccoon. Although my oldest daughter has been talking about, she's very adamant and she's a little bit witchy. I think she's inherited the witchiness from my mom, Mm. but she keeps telling me that she's going to have a three-legged dog. She's speaking it into existence because it's not like if I get a three-legged dog one day when I'm older, she's talking about like, well, when we have a three-legged dog and I'm like, well, baby, we don't have a three-legged dog. And then I'm like looking at my dog and I'm like, "Mm, will we have a three-legged dog? But this was also the same girl who on our way to meet my cousin's new baby, my daughter goes, I remember. And I was like, you remember what? Huh. And she said, I remember nothing. And I was like, what's nothing? And she's like, the place where you are before you're born. I remember nothing. And I was like, oh, okay. Was it nice in nothing? And she said, it was black, like when you turn off your iPhone. <laughs> and I was like, well, maybe I need to decrease my screen time in front of the girls. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. 
Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTEONE, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. So with the dog is a note from Morgan Le Fay, the woman wizard, (laughs) informing them that the dog is under a spell and needs their help. To free him, they will need a gift from a ship lost at sea, a gift from the prairie blue, a gift from a forest far away, and a gift from a kangaroo. I would just need to know what the spell was before agreeing to all four adventures, because this sounds like not my problem. Right, and Morgan Le Fay has already put them through it. (laughs) Right. And we don't know what the spell is or why it was cast. Like, what if this was an evil wizard that was turned into a dog, and then they do this, and it kills them afterwards? Right. It could have been that tree in Fern Gully that they're cutting open and releasing that little swamp monster. (laughs) They could be unleashing chaos upon the world, but they just take it at face value. Truly. And... Not only do they take it at face value, but then all the clue said was they need a gift from a ship lost at sea. It doesn't tell them what book to go in. They could pick any book about any boat lost at sea. Mm -hmm. They could pick a Gilligan's Island book, for God's sake. And they pick one about the Titanic. That the dog gives them. I think the dog (laughs) presents them with the book. So it's like, free me from my tree cage. I need to sing the blues (laughs) on a cargo ship. Uh I need to ruin Fern Gully's forest. No, couldn't be me. But Jack and Annie are not me. So they agree to breaking the spell. And they open the first book, The Unsinkable Ship, and are transported to a boat in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean on April 14th, 1912. So if you're not a Holocaust or Salem Witch Child girly, you already know what date this is. It is the date the Titanic sunk. And as soon as they get there, the steamliner scrapes against an iceberg, wasting no time. But they have nothing to worry about because Annie knows this ship is unsinkable. Okay. You've said it before, (laughs) but Annie is a dumb bitch. She goes, it was just a little bump. This ship is unsinkable. Then... She refuses to let Jack read when this is clearly a library-based adventure. She steals the flashlight, runs off into the night, and then is the one that Uh. holds the flashlight and is like, "Uh uh-oh, we're on the Titanic. It's like, well, we didn't have to go sprinting across the steam liner to find that one out, Annie. Also, you dumb bitch, (laughs) the clue was literally a gift from a ship lost at sea. So I don't know about like a speedy arrival to its destination. Yeah, even if it wasn't the Titanic, even if we weren't going to sink, we already know we're in some kind of turmoil here. 
Yeah. She's a dumb bitch. A dumb bitch. <laughs> Just a dumb bitch. It turns out that having icebergs for brains runs in the family because Jack <laughs> knows the fate of the Titanic and still decides now is a good time to explore the boat. They need to find the gift to break Teddy's spell. Again, this would not be my top priority, but the two go on a hunt and are shocked by how large the boat is. This ship is like a town, says Jack. Okay, I give you a lot of shit about your cruise ship experiences, but I have, let's not forget, also been on the same amount of cruises, too, Uh as you. And the last time that I was on a cruise ship, I think I met the nastiest woman that I've ever come into contact with to this day. Perhaps just the worst human. Oh, my God. But she was always yelling at somebody. Like, if we were at dinner, she was yelling at the wait staff. If we were at the pool, she was yelling at, like, a poor lifeguard. Uh. Like, she was always yelling at somebody. She had the full care and haircut, and she lived up to the name. Uh. Sometimes, again, stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason. And she was a Karen. <laughs> oh, also, sorry, but stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason. She was from New Jersey. Mm. And the okay. last day, we're all out by the pool. We're like headed back to port. And we got out to the pool late because my family is always fucking late. And the only spot left, which I think is very telling, was next to this woman and her family. <gasps> that was the only spots left. Uh-huh. So we're next to them the whole day. The whole day she's bitching. We're hearing about like, oh, it was so expensive in Jamaica. We hated Bermuda. Like it was just... <laughs> the <laughs> nagging version of Kokomo just like <laughs> the worst experiences at each place that she went to and she pulls I kid you not she pulls not the main captain I'm sure but like somebody in a mm-hmm. sailor's uniform who I'm sure is like a deckhand or like somebody right. that's like important Had or better like things to do adjacent yeah. to the captain is walking around and like basically doing what a manager does in a restaurant of like how's your meal how was your experience <laughs> did you like your stay whatever or maybe they just clocked this lady and was like we need to check in <laughs> (laughs) and make sure she's not terrorizing everybody around us. But she pulls this man in and she goes, it's our last day. (laughs) I'm going to do voice work. It's our last day and it's a little bit cloudy. And, you know, we're all just trying to get a nice tan before we head home. Don't you think you could talk to the captain and just, you know, zig and zag around the clouds a little bit? Like, see (gasps) over there, there's just a little bit of sunlight. We could zig and zag and nothing unites people more than a common enemy the way that my family clocked every other family around us we all made eye contact and for the rest of the day like throughout the boat I heard people being like zig and zag just a little (laughs) bit but I'm like bitch you want the captain to let me get this straight zig and zag through the clouds so that your crusty orange body can become a full baseball Uh, mitt on the seven seas yes like, what the fuck? I wouldn't even do that in a park. Like, if my blanket was under a cloud, I wouldn't move to the sun. It will no. get to me eventually. And <laughs> let me tell you, this lady didn't need sun. Oompa Loompa, <laughs> as a cousin, Snooky, wishes. After exploring, Jack and Annie decide now is the time to research the Titanic a bit. Not before they ask to be transported here. No, as it is sinking is a good time for it. And they learn that the Titanic struck an iceberg at 1140 and fully sank by 220 a.m. Which I guess maybe, I don't know, maybe I would have known this information had I watched the movie Titanic. But I am learning things from the Magic Treehouse (laughs) because I didn't realize the speed at which this giant ass ship sank like that is not a very big window at all for an entire ginormous unsinkable ship to sink can i just say that captain i don't mean to shame or to point fingers but that captain was an idiot like that was a big ass iceberg to take out this ship this fast yeah the movie talks about it in detail i stopped paying attention i used to know full details as to why but i think the problem solving they tried to do made it worse okay because it only filled on one half so then because of the weight of that it cracked in half and one half sank and then the other one was like up and down Mm. in the air God, that's crazy. The movie's great. The second half, especially. (laughs) (laughs) So although the whole reason they are there is to get the gift to break the dog curse, the duo decide, you know what we should do with our last half hour before death? Waste time helping others. So they decide to assist others by getting them into lifeboats, starting with the lower cabins. Because... 
Why not go down to where you really can't get away? So as they begin their community service, Teddy decides now is time for him to act up as well. So he runs away and Annie and Jack put a pause in their mission to chase him down. Yeah, this isn't helping our theory that he could be a supervillain. Right. Because he does not seem helpful. He could be luring them to their death. (laughs) Teddy is nothing but a wish.com wishbone. (laughs) I was obsessed with Wishbone. Oh, I know about Wishbone. What's the story, Wishbone? But, like, not even. Teddy is just being drug along on these adventures. Wishbone at least wore costume. That's true. And Wishbone was always the protagonist. Mm. Teddy wants to be the main character, but something's lacking there. Imagine that it's just a giant practical joke from Morgan Le Fay or Lafray or whatever. <laughs> Imagine Teddy's just a dog, but Morgan <laughs> is like bored one day and is like, you know what would be so funny? What if I send these two brats on... <laughs> The literal Titanic. And that's why I think I'm a little bit hurt. Because like I said, if the Titanic is the first thing you're doing, video games don't get easier as you play them. The Harry Potter series does not get less dramatic as you go on. This podcast doesn't get more coherent the longer you listen. (laughs) Exactly. Things only go worse. (laughs) So if we're starting with the Titanic, things are really going to turn to shit the rest of these four scavenger hunt clues. Mm -hmm. Teddy leads them to the room of Lucy and William, another brother and sister who are sailing to New York to be reunited with their parents. This is dark. And the four head to a lifeboat under the instruction of Jack. I know, once again, it must be acknowledged every week we have to reach this point where I have to remind myself, you, and our audience that this is a book intended for Mm. Mm seven-year-olds. However, I have a real problem when we're building fantasy worlds, I have an issue when there aren't clear, consistent rules of the universe that we're participating in because we learn about the treehouse rules. There's two rules. They can't change history and they can't bring people back with them. Mm -hmm. But they're saving Lucy and William. Like, have these children not seen the butterfly effect featuring scumbag Ashton Kutcher? (laughs) There is going to be fallout and residual effects from saving these two kids. And then I was thinking, well, okay, if we're operating in this like time travel paradox where things that happen have already happened and everything works out the way it's supposed to be, and this was always their destiny, I was expecting there to be a twist at the end where it turns out that Lucy and William are like their ancestors or like somehow it's all connected and they were meant to leave the ship. A time traveler would not be able to change the past without altering the way it is. That's literally called the logical impossibility model of time travel. Did you look that up or you knew that? That's just off the dome. That's just one of those things. How I know it, no one knows. Where are my car (laughs) keys? Couldn't tell you. What's my social security number? Who knows? Also, is it really called that? Who knows? <laughs> Cuties, Google it right now. <laughs> it's probably not. Yeah, like what if Lucy and William's parents were devastated that they lost their kids in this and then started an orphanage? So now because their kids are alive, this whole orphanage never right. gets built. Or like what if Lucy goes on to marry some guy who was supposed to marry another woman who their child (gasps) turned out to be Annie and Jack's mom. Right. right? And now they don't exist. They've Marty (laughs) McFly'd themselves. Uh Uh-huh. I just think we're playing Uh, uh, fast uh. and loose with time travel rules. (laughs) My other thing logistically about this fucking treehouse is they have a book. Like, why can't the book be what transports them? The whole treehouse transports. There is a treehouse on the Titanic. Yeah, I have a problem with the treehouse being on the Titanic. (laughs) But I have a lot of problems. You said it, not me. (laughs) (laughs) I have Coco V. (laughs) With the lifeboats and an escape route only a few feet in front of them, the group decides to take yet another break to admire the fireworks on the top deck. (laughs) And Lucy forgets that just seconds ago they were wading through water trying to get to the top deck. And she assumes this was all just a trick to get them to a surprise party. And I have to be honest once I knew I was safe I wouldn't hate that I noted so when you wake up in the middle of the night being gagged blindfolded and stuck in the back of a trunk like jawbreaker we're gonna drive you around the city a bunch of times and then I'm gonna bring you to 
just a nice ballroom where all your friends and family are waiting for you to arrive with pee down your pants. <laughs> now, and that's where I have to get into my head a little bit. Like, there is an escape room where instead of an escape room, and this was like five years ago, it's probably not even anymore. It probably fell through during COVID. But there was one, it was in New Jersey. And it was like on this property with like a parking garage and then like a factory and all this. And you had the whole thing to run through. And there were actors as serial killers that would like just walk the premises. There weren't puzzles or anything to solve. You just had to hide and not get caught. Like if I knew I was signing up for that experience, I would get into it and my blood pressure would be through the roof and I would have a lot of fun. Now, if you just took me there and didn't tell me what we were doing, then I wouldn't be able to control myself. Yeah, well, it's similar to Boy Meets Boy where he did not sign up for the straight men. But if you knew, then you could play tricks on the straight men and be like, get on your (laughs) knees, suck my dick, bitch, prove it. Right. And I don't know how that ties into a serial killer, but I might still say it. (laughs) Would you want to stay with somebody in that experience or would you like throw me to the wolves immediately and go solo? I would want to stay. Stay with somebody. I I think I would like the idea of being with somebody. But like if we started sprinting and I was faster than you, I'm not waiting. I'm going to be like, good luck. Hugs and kisses. Yeah, that's another reason why I wouldn't want to split up because I would be the weak link in the group. Well, it just goes back to the question that was asked during our Instagram live of who would be the final girl if we were in a Mm. horror movie. And I said, you wouldn't be the final girl. You would be the reveal that you were the serial killer all along. Oh, what if I worked for that company and I went with you and you didn't know that. So then we're hiding and then I fake stab you. Or you're like, oh, you thought this was pretend, but. And then I sue the company for killing you. Yeah. And I'm like, you killed my friend. And then I get money. The last scene is like you going on like a press tour to like talk about your harrowing experience. And like as the taxi is driving away, you just see your (laughs) mouth do a small little smile as you look up at the New York City skyline. I like that. But only in the reflection. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Anyway, what are we covering? I forget. Literally anything but the Titanic, it turns out. So as a thank you for getting her and William to a lifeboat, Lucy gives them a gift. Her father's watch. So Annie and Jack get separated, but Teddy brings them together and helps them find the treehouse again, on the middle of a sinking ship, and the two make it home safely just as the Titanic plunges into the sea. Back home, Teddy disappears, almost like magic, and the two get ready to find the next three clues to break the spell. (laughs) Jesus. Mm -hmm. Do you know what the curse is? I looked it up because I remember reading this, and I remember there was a real curse. It wasn't my make-believe pretend plot where Uh Morgan's just bored and Teddy's just a dog. (laughs) So I looked it up. So Teddy, it turns out, do you want me to give you the spoiler? Yeah. So Teddy is a young sorcerer in training. His whole like thing is like he doesn't like to study. He wasted time. I wouldn't trust it. There's a reason he was turned into a dog. They brought him the four special gifts. He like learns the magic of magic. He turns back into a human. But this is the fucked up part. So everybody, once he turns human, continues to call him Teddy, which let's not forget is the dog name that Annie gave him. (laughs) But his only caveat is that in some point in the books, he's like, can you call me Ted? (gasps) So he goes by his dog name for the rest of his life. Oh, my God. That's the real curse. (laughs) He's going to snap and kill Annie, At least his name wasn't Turtle Sheldon or whatever. Paris Shelton. It should have been Shelton Cooper. Well, no, first of all. I don't even think that show was out yet when I had this animal. And second of all, I would never name anything from the Big Bang Theory. It all started with a Big Bang (laughs) Bang. There's a theme song. You've never heard the Big Bang theme song? No. We built a wall. We built a pyramid. Math, science, history, unraveling the mystery that all started with a Big Bang Bang. Okay, I warned the cuties (laughs) that this episode was cursed, just like Teddy, because we tried to record twice and wasn't able to. You have sung twice and done voice work this episode. As Sheldon Cooper always said, the zinga. No. (laughs) No. Final thoughts. 
Who would you cast in a movie version of this book? Okay, I didn't cast it, but I did come up with a plot. I think it would be better if they were teenagers, number one. Yes. I do think we should keep Teddy and breaking the Teddy curse will be like a through line of the movie maybe because then when Teddy becomes a human, him and Annie can fuck in the sequel. And remember, they're not seven-year-olds in the book. <laughs> they're, they're like 17. And I want the movie to begin with a montage of Annie and Jack in different adventures, maybe when they were kids, mm. to show you like all different places they have been, Christmas and Camelot. We can go through the highlights of the books. But then the movie, wherever they go, and I haven't decided where they'll go, but wherever they go, as soon as they get there, the treehouse will catch on fire, so then they don't have a way home. So then the whole movie, they're stuck. I love that. I would love to see the sexual tension build as Teddy's still a dog. (laughs) Like Annie is like, come on, Teddy, time to cuddle. And like Teddy is like licking her toes in the middle of the night. You know, Well, that's just Twilight New Moon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They just haven't imprinted on a baby. (laughs) Okay. So I also didn't cast it. You can tell that we're now week six into our book reports where we've just stopped doing some assignments. (laughs) But I think it would be funny if somebody, somebody out there has the CGI computer skills. I think if somebody were to edit people into the movie Titanic, where like they're, you know, like I'm on top of the world and then just like a treehouse comes behind them. You see like two frantic kids and their dog like scurry out, just like background people. Also, I would like to say I just looked up. (laughs) the length of Titanic compared to the length of (laughs) Harry Potter and Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire is two hours 37 minutes so it's only a half hour shorter than Titanic that's one episode of the Big Bang Theory and you've said those episodes seem really long so (laughs) pick a side Donnie (laughs) So final, final thoughts. What about this book aged well and what ages like borders? I think that there aren't Titanic kids anymore. So I don't know like if a kid would be interested in reading this. I think they would have to be interested in the series and be like tricked into reading this one because they want to find out about the curse or whatever. Whereas I saw all the options and I was like, oh, we have to do the Titanic one. But that's the only thing. For it taking place on a famous sinking ship, there wasn't a whole lot of plot happening in this book. But the thing I appreciate about these books is they are very historically accurate. And I do think that they do a good job of sneaking in little history facts for kids. Yeah, making Jack interested in like learning about it. And he has to to like save their lives. But he was like taking notes as it happened, which then brings those facts to us. And then at the end... You know, I didn't read it. But at the end, there are like eight pages with like 15 facts you should know about the Titanic. Yeah. All right. And on that note, that is the end of Tonight on the Titanic. Next week, we will finally be covering My Neighbor is an Alien. Neighbors from Outer Space. (laughs) Next week, we will be covering Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Next week, we will be covering Neighbors from Outer Space. So if you bought the book for $1.71 on Amazon four weeks ago when we told you to, it's finally time to read it. We will talk to you later. Love Love you like like a sister. sister. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to to you later. later. Love you like a sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.